Welcome back, everyone. Yes, it's another episode of the Steel Target Paint Podcast. As always, I'm Jeff Jones, and I'm here with my co-host, Steve Foster. How are you doing this morning, Jeff? I'm doing great, Steve. You know, it's uh, early morning. Uh, looking forward to talking to you. We've got some uh, interesting things to talk about today. Uh, and, you know, one of them is is kind of an interview of you. Um because you got to shoot the World Rim Fire Championships. Yeah, about, it's been uh, uh, two years. Two weeks ago? Had, yeah, yeah, two weeks ago. It's been two years since they had their World Rim Fire match. It was up at the Orsa Club, um, up right outside of Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a good time. Well, that's excellent. You know, I was, of course, uh, living vicariously through following the scores online. And, you know, I think... Uh, I don't want to say to no one's surprise, because quite frankly, I think that uh, in that top realm of shooters, uh, it's still anybody's game. Uh, but Grant Kunkel did come out with the uh, cha grand champion and a win in Rimfire Rifle Open. And, you know, I shot uh, I have now shot a, uh, a Rimfire match. And had a great time doing it. And it's a very different setup than, say, Steel Challenge. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Whole different skill set. Uh, uh, I like the fact that to win, you have to be proficient in both the rifle and the pistol. Yep, uh, uh, it just adds another element. Uh, and the concept, uh, for those that have never, uh, shot a rimfire match, the stages are not consistent on purpose. Okay. Uh, they're more like a field course in USPSA where you don't know what you're going to get until you get to the match. Right. Uh, so you may have shot, uh, targets that have elevation changes of course there could be wide targets uh so you've got heavy transitions uh you could be bouncing back and forth across the bay you could i've seen i mean we shot one in the match that we had where you shot a circle and of plates and then the stop plate was in the middle uh so you really don't know what you're going to get until you get there so as you point out the the concept of muscle memory or you know, knowing how fast you can do a certain transition between two plates is kind of out of the window. A hundred percent agree. <laughs> and, and, you know, Jeff, what my problem is, is I shoot five plates and I think I'm done. There's at least uh, one or two more left. <laughs> so uh, that's funny because I had just the opposite problem where uh, very first match, very first stage shooting pistol, uh, and it was a pretty much a straight across, uh, set up and then back to the middle for the stop plate. And, uh, I barnied or did I barney? No, I did not barney. I just put my mag in and I'm like, ah, seven shots. I got 10, no problem until I put 10 shots out and still hadn't hit all the plates <laughs> and, 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 and looked at the RO and went, I'm not even going to bother to reload because I'm just going to throw this one away. And then was 
very diligent in my shooting on the next strings. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, that's never happened to me. Well, today, <laughs> well, today, because I'm not shooting, but yeah, no, I ran one. Uh, I ran one dry. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the match was at Orsa. I've never, I've never shot at that uh, range. How's that range as far as, you know, just a range to shoot at? I think overall it's a, uh, it's a nice facility. Um, I think they're continuing to put improvements in it. I think they're working on some additional, you know, long-term bathrooms and that kind of thing. But uh, I think the best part about Orsa and I've wanted to shoot there for years and for whatever reason, uh, never made the trip up there. And I think it's because it's the first major match that they've had. That's kind of, um, you know, in, in what I shoot, but I, I, was looking forward to the match because once I heard that our friend John Suter was the match, I think he was the range matcher, a range master. I don't think he was the match director, but he's the one that put together all the stages. And, and uh, that's the home of Eric Matson's group, uh, the team Norseman folks. Yep. You know, that's just a great group of people. I think probably half of the RO staff were team Norse Norseman, um, guys and gals, which was really, uh, really cool. But John did a fantastic job. It's always different when you have a high level shooter like John put together a match, because I'm telling you what it's outside of the great people, you know, we started a little bit late each day, not a big deal, but it was a 12 stage match. And there's a lot of scuttlebutt online about, you know, world rim fire match being 12 stages. I got news for you folks. If you're complaining about that, the people that are on top after 12 stages are the same people that are going to be on the top after 20 stages. And uh, well, that's, that was a good, you know, that was going to be my question was the scuttlebutt that they felt this, that there was too many stages or not enough. So it, the scuttlebutt was, was that um, the price went up. I think back when NSSF had it, I think they only charged $75 um, for a two gun match. And this is, I'm just, based on my history, which goes back to 2016. So in 2016 and 2017, the match was held um, up at Cavern Cove in uh, Alabama. And I think we ran 16 stages, maybe 18 stages, somewhere in there, but it was $75 because I think NSSF uh, subsidized a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And so the match, the match entry fee went up to, I think $125. Okay. A lot of people that shoot USPSA 125 bucks for a major match. Isn't that big of a deal, but it's a, you know, so there, that, that was the concern that I heard from quite a few people. That was a lot of money and, you know, 125 bucks to shoot two guns, you know, and then across 12 different stages, I, I think it was pretty reasonable, but the best part about it, Jeff, you know, sometimes when we travel to these matches, you're like shooting all day. Then you try to squeeze in dinner at night with family, friends, so on and so forth. And then you're tired as all get up and then you have to get back up in the morning. So the cool part was, is we ended up shooting eight stages on Saturday and then four stages on Sunday. And we left the range. I think my group, um, was the last group to finish. And I think we got done maybe about, let's say three o'clock on Saturday. So it gave us plenty of time to do some sightseeing and all that kind of stuff. And we weren't rushed. Unlike two years ago when we shot it in Arkansas, the squad that I was on, it must be me, Jeff, because we were the last squad to finish there as well. Um, we were literally shooting in the dark. I mean, it was, 
Yeah, that happens. It was a, it, that happens. Yeah, it was it was a pretty unfortunate set of uh, circumstances. But you know, from you know the decent facility, great place to get to, great places to stay there. Um, and the match ran, I think, exceptionally smooth. Good. Well. You know, I want to, I just, you know, uh, I consider John a good friend and, and, you know, Eric did the rewards for the West Florida Steel Challenge Championships two years ago and uh, which were laser engraved mugs and, and, uh, or excuse, you know, Yeti cups and it was uh, well received and I, and I love those guys, but I really want to just point out, I think it was two years ago. Uh, and it might be three years ago that I remember a lot of online chatter about the match configuration, <laughs> the stage configuration. Uh, I think there was a prone stage. Uh, there might have been a one handed stage. I don't remember the particulars, but there was a lot of. Uh, just discussion about, you know, was this really in the spirit of what the rim fire challenge was supposed to be? Um, so at this yeah, year's match, was, do you think John yeah, that, really kind of nailed it? Yeah, I think he did. Um, you know, I think, you know, the match that you're talking about, and uh, that was the best decision I ever made was not to shoot that match in 2018. Um because, you know, I just had a weird feeling about it. And unfortunately, that was a, a pretty, pretty dark time in Rimfire Challenge as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. But, but no, John did a really good job. The Most of the pistol stages were somewhat faster, which is very typical with what you see with a lot of Rimfire Challenge. Um, you know, some were blazing fast and some were still pretty technical, but relatively quick mm -hmm. the rifle stages overall were at further distances but a little bit bigger plates so they weren't as small and as far out as uh i think even what we saw in arkansas but um yeah they it, i think the rifle stages overall i don't recall when that was you know super fast um and i can get into more of that here in just a minute but the, uh, the rifle stages were more tactical. Um, there was a couple of stages where you shoot 10-inch plates. I think, I'm sorry, 8-inch plates, probably at 20 yards. So, you know, you had to stop and <laughs> put the little red thing on the target to squeeze <laughs> the trigger. So, yeah, but uh, it, it was good. I mean. Now, was the I setup, that, were the base setups, were the base setups like shoot a pistol, shoot a rifle, shoot a pistol, shoot a rifle, so was it an every other thing or could you like on day two, could you have finished all of one of gun and we're just shooting four more stages in the other gun? No, I, and I apologize. I can't recall off the top of that my head because I don't have the stages. Um, you know, they don't publish the stages, right? unlike, you know, some major USPSA matches where they publish them ahead of time, but uh, no, you had to bring. So if you're shooting two different divisions, both open and limited, those were the only two divisions shot that I'm aware of this past uh, or two weeks ago. You had to bring all of your gear for all of your guns with you. I do recall switching from rifle to pistol, 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 rifle, rifle, pistol, that type of thing. Um, whereas the 
match in Cavern Cove. I'm not necessarily saying it's an overly good or bad thing. It was just different. You know, when we shot at a Cavern Cove, you know, you would shoot, uh, let's say there was 16 stages. You would shoot all eight stages of pistol and rotate through all the pistol stages. And then you would, your, your group would then go to the rifle stages. You know, they're a little scuttle, but it wasn't a big deal. But, you know, some people had that same comment of, you know, hey, I wish we would have shot all one and then we didn't have to carry all of our crap from stage to stage. But, I, you know, I, of all the things that could go well or not so well, that probably just wasn't a big one. But it's something that I would probably offer as feedback to make an enhancement going forward. Well, you know, again, uh, I love this community. Uh, I love meeting people, but we are definitely a community of opinions. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. And, and, you know, my recommendation is always, if you don't like way something is being done, get involved and change it. You yep. know, if you if you want to run or if you want to be able to shoot a rimfire match the way you think it should be shot, become a match director and yep. set one up and run one. And that doesn't mean that you're not allowed to make your opinion uh, be heard. But uh, the complaining uh, isn't fair because uh, if you're not involved, uh, then you know, you don't have as much right. And, you know, I, oh, I paid for this match. Well, yeah, you did. And uh, but you also knew that in Rimfire Challenge, you don't get to see the stages until you get there. You don't know what the setup is. Uh, and, you know, I would expect you know, like if you were to say to me, it's an every other that wouldn't have surprised me one bit. Again, yeah. that would be something I would expect where you would be able to go okay, we're really going to test your skills. You're going to switch between each gun because each gun definitely takes uh, different skills to be able to shoot. So, uh, you know, that's just, that's just my opinion. That's what I did. You know, um, I wanted to be able to, to, to have a match that people could come and enjoy and, and have a good time and know that the stages were going to be right. And that's why we started the West Florida match. Yeah, exactly um, to provide, right. To provide that. So, well, that's really cool. How did you shoot? I mean, it's, you know, it's it, well, it's tough because yeah. that's the one thing about Rimfire Challenge is that, uh, you know, you come off the stage and you go, well, how would I do? And it's like, well, you, you looked good. You didn't miss, uh, <laughs> but you don't have anything to to gauge it against because it is a random set of, of plates. Um, so how'd you do? Well, overall, I shot decent. Um, I started off pretty conservative, which was, you know, part of my strategy. And in the last, I don't know, 16, 17, and probably 18, you know, my goal is always to finish in the top 10, both in uh, open and limited. And you know, I'm probably right around there. Uh, the previous three matches, three world matches that I've shot, uh, but I haven't shot. I don't know what's happened, but, you know, when I started shooting in 2016, um, you know, competitively, I would shoot probably five major Rimfire Challenge style matches a year. And now they've pretty much all gone away in the Southeast for whatever reason. Um, 
so I, I think that's probably an opportunity to get uh, to shoot more of it um, and to get uh, clubs up and going. So I'm not sure what direction Rimfire Challenge is headed, um, but I, I think that's a pretty big opportunity and how they support that. So I started off pretty conservative, um, but because, you know, I hadn't shot it much, you know, did a little practicing for, prior to that. But on the second or third stage, <laughs> Had a had a broken firing pin. So here's what happened. So on, I think I checked the weather on Wednesday, and it was supposed to be like 75 degrees on Saturday and like 80 degrees on Sunday. And I never checked the weather again, Jeff. And that was a cool error because on Friday night we got there, and I think it was like 48 degrees. I was like, man, what's it, what's it going to be like in the morning? I think when we started shooting, it was like 42 degrees. Maybe, maybe it was less than that. I don't know. But anyway, my daughter and I had to do a little shopping um, <laughs> the night before. So, yeah. That, so, anyway, I, I typically don't like to be in that situation. But, you know, in Atlanta, it was 72 and sunny, and it's, you know, less than four hours away. I didn't think it was going to be that cold. <laughs> so, uh, people's guns were having issues and so on and so forth running because it was so cold. Probably the first major match that people had to test their, their equipment in the cold. So I got on uh, our first rifle stage. I'm shooting my rimfire rifle open gun and I had, you know, like two malfunctions and I was like, what the heck is going on? Cause you know, I just shot probably a thousand rounds to that gun uh, Saturday and Sunday prior without an issue. And I was like, ah, it must be the cold. Maybe it just needs to get warmed up and it's warmed up. And then I had like three, four malfunctions. I'm like, what the heck? And then I looked at it. This and that. And it looked, it looked fine. I was like, okay, maybe this thing is finally warmed up. Another four malfunctions. I'm like, okay, something's going on. And then string four at this point in time, you know, I probably should have stopped and got, grabbed my backup gun, which was pretty decent cruise away in my truck. But, you know, uh, let's just say I'm a little bit stubborn shot again. And then I went to every round was, yeah, some sort of issue come to find out that I, um, toasted a, a firing pin, you know, it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's actually the second firing pin that I've ever broken my entire shooting career, which, you know, why, why in, in both of the firing pins that I broke, one was in my CWA pistol, which happened at the world speed shoot last year. And, <laughs> and this one just happened to be another major match. What's you, that? you and world shoots and firing pins. <laughs> I know, right? What's the deal? <laughs> and so at that point in time, you know, I took a 25 on a rifle stage that probably should have been a 10 or a 12. And at that point I knew, I knew my hopes of being in the top 10 just kind of went out the window. Yeah. So we, so we started in, and this is, um, I don't mean this to be overly critical, but I think it's, reality and some people made some comments and I didn't you know get too much into it online but what happened on that first day so we shot eight stages we started on my group started on uh bay five and and I and we've talked about this before if you're laying out like a home range or something like that as far as I can remember, the sun always rises in the east and sets in the west. So don't set your bay up east to west. And the first eight bays, so bays one through eight or nine, 
were facing east to west. They had canopies, but uh, so it wasn't the sun was not a factor necessarily on day one because it was you could certainly see the sun, but it was very, very overcast until probably 11 o'clock in the morning. And so the sun was high enough, so it didn't play as big of a role. Sure. But I'm, tell, I'm telling you what, Jeff, on day number two, I felt bad for anybody in our squad and the couple squads around us because we were shooting in the direct sunlight. And, um, you know, I there was a conversation that was had, but you're shooting in the direct sunlight. There were targets out at 20 yards, 10 plate, tar- 10 inch plate targets at 20 yards that I was point shooting because you couldn't see anything. And so, yeah. uh, it, it, you know, it, it happens that way, you know, luck of the draw. I wish I would have started on, you know, squad one or, you know, two somewhere there because there was definitely an advantage to being that early. So you didn't have to deal with the sun because the last four bays. So if you started on one, you, you went to the uh, perpendicular bays down below where they were laid out the correct way, you know? So there was a little bit of discussion about, you know, canopies and movement and, because uh, I've seen at other Orsa local matches, they have canopies when they shoot uh, their steel challenge match. They actually have the canopies downrange or uprange, however you want to say it, that they'll be out in front of the competitor probably, you know, 10 feet because of that sun issue. But for whatever reason, uh, people were told that the canopies couldn't move during the match. And, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Um, I don't take that as a huge negative, although if the match is going to be at that range next year, that definitely needs to be addressed. You know what? I think that's a fair assessment and, 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 and a very just simple factual way to put it, you know, um, there's as a match director, I love to hear great match. Can't wait to come back next year, but I also want to hear what people didn't like about the match. So if there's a chance I can change it, I can, you know, right. I mean, right. you've shot at the whack. You've, you've been to every West Florida steel challenge championship match and yep. you know, we've got an interesting range. Oh, yeah. I can't change the fact that you're shooting in covered bays. That's, that's not going to happen. Um, and we are shooting during the day. So, you know, uh, while we'll turn the overhead lights on, they really don't make much of a difference. The bays are, as well lit as they could possibly be, but you know, the, the, the concept of how sound is going to ring and, and, and the fact that, you know, you're, you're shooting in very dark bermed backed, uh, bays, uh, makes the plate looks a little different. I can't change that, but you know, there have been times where, uh, people have made comments about, gee, if you'd have just done this or if, if, if you could try to do this, those are the kind of things that, that you want to hear. So uh, I think this is very constructive criticism uh, uh, and, and positive way of putting it. Uh, if John or anyone from the Norsemen uh, are listening to this and can get it back to him to say, hey, next year, you might want to consider setting something up to take into consideration um the, the sun so yeah, i think that, my, i think that's a great way of putting it in my understanding is is it wasn't a john decision to be made it was okay. a for challenge shooting association decision that was made well that's true or not that's just you know what was right. related to me 
but you know, it, it, one of the best things about Rimfire Challenge is there was a lot of youth shooters there, and we had an absolute riot. We had, we probably had more fun than what we should have. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just, it was a, it was a great time. Unfortunately, there was one DQ at the match, and you know, it's, it's, it's different from other disciplines. I mean, that person was on my squad, and uh, we were towards the, it was the last stage, last shooter of day one. They've done exceptionally well, a younger, younger shooter. And it just, it pained everybody. It, and it, it was, it was, let's just say a minor infraction. It wasn't an AD or, you know, sending one over the berm, but um, you know, I think it was a, a learning lesson, but you know, it, it, it almost brought John and the RO to tears to have to, you know, DQ this shooter. And, mm-hmm. you know, you don't see, you don't see that in every sport. So, um, yeah, overall it was good. You know, um, they had water on the bays, which was positive. The food yep. was, uh, the food was inclusive in your, um, in your match entry, which I'm always a huge fan of. Um, the food was pretty good. They had kind of like a homemade pizza kind of thing going that stone ovens kind of rolling. So it was good pizza, um, dead rods and all that kind of stuff the next day in terms of opportunities, you know, cause again, there was uh, there's a lot of people that shot that match that will be back to that match. And I think based on the skepticism of a lot of people of rimfire challenge and what happened in 2018 and so on and so forth. Um, I think the word will get out and there'll be a lot more shooters at the next match. If it's at Orsa mm-hmm. um, in, in terms of other opportunities, um, you know, to be overly critical. I think that, um, you know, the award ceremony, I probably took, I, again, Jeff, it wouldn't surprise you, but we were the last squad <laughs> co- co- coming in on day number two. And I think it took probably an hour and a half to almost two hours to start the award ceremony. Mm-hmm. I think some of that's because they, uh, they wanted to break down all the stages. So everybody left at the same time. And, you know, my preference as somebody that travels from out of town, you know, let's uh, ask if the group wants to waive arbitration and, you know, let's move down the road. Yeah. But uh, so I think that's an opportunity. I think another opportunity um, and it's, it's very, very small. Typically awards are done um, from the bottom up in most cases. So, you know, let's talk about the open division and let's get special categories and awards, so on and so forth done. Um, they started right at the top with, you know, Grant, then Colby and uh, Nate Gibson. Those guys need to be recognized because they did an exceptional job. So, you know, I may not have done it that way, but, you know, not a huge deal. The awards were really nice. I think the prize table overall was – I think it was interesting. Overall, I would consider it good. And the good part is, is that, you know, the the most expensive thing on there was probably, you know, $1,100 or $1,200 or so wow. on and so wow. forth. Yeah. So I, so that was, that was positive, but I, but I think the overall prizes went deeper. Um, you know, if you landed in the top 50, you probably got something worth, 300 to 500 dollars you know somewhere in there okay Um, so i thought that was pretty cool and pretty interesting the other part that's that we don't typically see in steel challenge and i'm not sure exactly how i feel about it but i thought in the past and i'd have to look at the rule book but again i just haven't been familiar with it as they've changed it over the last couple years 
that um, it is an order of finished prize table, which, you know, there's a lot of discussion about that from time to time. Because um, not every, I think every other match with Rimfire Challenge outside of the world is random. But they also went through, so let's say if you were Joe Blow shooter and you took first place in limited and first place in open, you got to walk the prize table twice as the first two to walk the prize table. So yeah, that's definitely, that definitely the not case. what the steel challenge does. It's your, it's your highest finish yep. in that match. Yeah, correct. So that, that was a little bit surprising, but you know, again, I'd have to look at the rule book. Maybe it was executed a hundred percent per the rule book, but um you know, thank you to all the sponsors that donated to the prize table. Uh, JP and Tandem Cross is who I walked away with, so I appreciate what they do for the sport. Um, yeah, there was Range Tactical Gear was there. Um, you know, Volkorts and, you know, Scott was there in person, donated prize table, of course. Larry Joe Steele Jr. and Brian Hunter's HD Gold. A lot of uh, people that we're friends and family with. Billy Stripling, you know, just just the regular suspects um, donated in a big way to the prize table. I think they said it was about $20,000 or so, which, you know, again, it wasn't, there was, a, there wasn't like a bunch. Of nope. Two, Went a little digital there, Steve. Hold on. Three, nope. $4,000. Now you're prizes. back. You three, went four, five, six, seven hundred prizes. So. Yep. Yeah. You went I'm a little, di- you went a little digital there. So uh... I'm here. Okay, good. We haven't lost you. Well, you know, sorry about um, that. I'm, I'm driving. I'm driving by the planes. Not a problem. So you know, actually, um, I, I again, not being critical, just raising a point. Uh, as I was following it, and and I was on Facebook, uh, a very good shooter. Uh, and you know what? I'll even say him by name because I don't think he's going to mind. It's it's you know, people that saw the post know I said this and know my response and his response. And, and it was all very positive uh, because I have a lot of respect for the shooter. And that was Lance Bratcher had posted, he got third and I went, Oh, that's great. And so I went to the match and I noticed that it was showing he was fourth. Uh, So I sent him a message and I just said, Hey man, you know, it's showing you went fourth. Is there a mistake? Well, again, as per probably the rule book, I don't know the rules. They awarded the top most shooter, which in general is going to be the rimfire rifle open shooter. Although uh, Grant, who won open, has actually in matches shot his iron sight faster than he shot in his open at times. But right. uh, he was the grand champion, and therefore they did not award him what was considered first place also in the open division first place actually went to the second place finisher. Yeah. And that is, um, that has always been that way since I've been starting Rimfire challenge. I remember back in 2016, I think, I think it was 2016 that, uh, maybe it was 17. They all kind of blend together. Of course, the time Colby Pavlov won high overall. And I think Trenton, you know, came in second place in mm-hmm. open, but yet was awarded first place in open. And that was like, I, okay, somebody, somebody walk me through that again, real fast. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, you know, per the rules, that's, that's how it, um, 
that that's that's how they do it and and the other interesting part and again i'm talking a little bit about things that i'm not as uh knowledgeable about but the same thing happens with um like the special categories you actually have to select which special category you're competing in mm-hmm. um, so you you know carly chadwick i think shot one of the fastest times of the the match for all the ladies and and i think she won high youth or high something junior something like that and uh jenna larson swept the ladies division she came in first place in open and first place in ladies limited so congratulations to her she's now a world champion which is how cool is that jeff you know oh hey listen you know uh, that's awesome it's the the special categories and of course you know, I love to walk around saying I'm a fast old guy. Um, uh, the special categories really keep people uh, involved. Uh, yeah. You know, where uh, the uh, ladies, uh, and it's funny because this is really a terrible statement to make because uh, they're getting so fast, it's it's not really an, an advantage or a disadvantage uh, to be shooting in the ladies category. In fact, you know, when you look over the past couple of years, you've got uh, the world champion uh, in Steel Challenge, uh, Mackenzie Bragg, very much uh, a lady. Uh, you've got uh, shooters like the Cunningham girls. Uh, and then you go way back as far as uh, someone like... Uh, uh, Jesse, uh, in the center fire, you know, she used to shoot a lot of, uh, single stack and, and definitely still shoots open in steel challenge and have, have owned categories for that category for years. Um, uh, but you know, for the juniors, the preteens, uh, me and the senior, uh, and, and many of the other seniors that are out there, you know, Carl Sutherland and the super senior, you know, um, it gives us a chance to feel like we are a little more competitive, uh, just like the classes do, you know, for the B shooter that goes to, uh, the world championships is just a much a rush for them to, uh, end up in the top three as it is for the grandmaster who might win it all. Yeah. Um, and, so, uh, yeah, I think, I think the categories in the classes, I know Rimfire Challenge doesn't have classes. Um, and part of that has to do with the fact that how would you manage that? Um, you know, being that uh, it would probably have to be on some sort of match basis. And as you pointed out, it's not as prevalent as a steel challenge and we're not going to get go down that road. But the point is they do have the categories. Um, and so you can uh, still feel competitive uh, in that realm. Sure. Sure. Well, that's really cool. It sounds like it was a great match and uh, uh, thanks for that recap. So th- there is something I else I would like to talk to you about. And, and I don't know if you've heard of them. Um, they're, they're on Facebook uh, they seem to be doing some pretty cool stuff. I'm pretty sure the name of the company is Creekside Custom. Have you ever heard of them? <laughs> yeah, we've met. <laughs> <laughs> How are things going with the laser engraving, Steve? Yeah, the Cerakote laser engraving and the FFL stuff. It's been, um, 
I would say it's been as busy as I would like it to be right now. It's um, I tried to post uh, some content out there so people can get see some of the cool stuff that's going on. But, you know, there's there's definitely more than a couple projects that, you know, I can't post because of, uh, you know, privacy. All right. Well, also, Jeff, there's been one or two inappropriate things that I've had to engrave. So, <laughs> but it's well, been think, it's been really it's been really 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 good. But I think I one think of the, the one of it's not necessarily inappropriate, but definitely tongue in cheek things that I remember. Uh, it's one of the first things you did was the dumpster fire coin. Um, oh yeah, and 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 you know. Based on what you ex- how you expressed your rimfire match, you may need to make one of those coins up for yourself. <laughs> I, I know, I know. I think I'll I'll talk about this, but I won't uh, post pictures of it. But I recently did a Let's Go Brandon coin. <laughs> oh boy! Oh yeah, no, I've I've just by word of mouth, I've sold quite a few of those, and I cannot tell you what's on the back because there's junior shooters that listen to this show. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. We, we appreciate that. We are still trying to be a family-friendly show. Um, <laughs> well, that's cool. So you're doing, of course, you're doing the engraving, and and for those that, that attended, you know this, but for those that didn't, um, Steve actually produced all of the awards for the last West Florida Steel Challenge Championships, and also uh, did the challenge coins that we handed out at the last Doc Welt uh, match, uh, which is a level two USPSA match we also hold at the WAC. So uh, we definitely know the quality and, and appreciate. In fact, you know, I think in the back of my van, I've got about seven awards that you won at the last West Florida match that I still need to get to you. I haven't seen you since the match. So uh, no, those are coming when I see you. Okay. <laughs> Appreciate it. You know, it, it's, it's some of the cool stuff, you know, I've done a ton of knives lately and a lot of people uh, really enjoy those. And, and it's just the custom side of things, you know, it's, there's a lot of money to be made in mass production stuff. If I'm doing, you know, a hundred of these or a hundred of those, but there's something about you know, I did a chassis last night for somebody that's got a bell. It's a Wyland chassis. It's our got our flash gold color on it. And it's got a battle-worn uh, flag on the front of it with his initials and his name on the on the buttstock. And, you know, it, to be able to share in-progress videos and, and share it when, it when it gets done, man, I just, I love it. I just love the reactions from people. And, you know, our friend Nick Brand, he ran the Mississippi State Steel Challenge Championship. Unfortunately, it was the same weekend as the Rimfire World Match, but I did the awards there. So they were all custom uh, plates with uh, that we had anodized and I did laser engraving on. And, you know, they came out exceptionally well. So, yeah, it's it's I've been super busy. I've been busy enough that um, I just purchased my second fiber laser so that's coming so it, there's a lot of cool things going on it's uh again it's been pretty much as busy as i want it to be right now and uh, there's there's some other cool things going on right now so that's cool but but the other good part that a lot of listeners um it, and it's it's money right to build up inventory but uh became a full quartz and dealer here a couple weeks ago and so uh if you're interested in a full quartz and firearm 
war parts or what have you, reach out to me and I'll give you, um, you know, the best price. And it's, it's less than the MSRP that Volkortsen publishes. Um, the Mamba X's, I've been getting in a week. Uh, the Scorpions, I think they're probably six, seven weeks out if you go through me. So if you're interested in any of that, I'll give you my best price, which is probably better than you'll find it at, at most places. So it's one of those kind of things, more of a service than, you know, to the community than and availability than just, you know, making, making money out it, make a little bit on the transaction, but it's more about servicing the community. And then of course I I've set up a dealership or what, what have you with, uh, Magnum Research. So I've got, I think, five Magnum Research switch bolts in stock right now. So if you need one of those, let me know and uh, we'll get you all set up. Fantastic, Stephen. What is the best way uh, or the different ways for people to contact you? You know, should they be interested in getting a, a gun or parts or engraving or Cerakoting or training or, you know, all of the 17,000 things that you do that's not part of your real job, which you are probably close to pulling into the parking lot right now. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty close. Yeah, doing a training session this upcoming weekend from somebody out of state. So I look forward to that. But, um, you know, from the laser engraving, coding, that type of thing, reach out to me at creeksidecustomlasering at gmail.com or reach out to uh, the Creekside custom uh, uh, Instagram or Facebook page. And then uh, my shooting page uh, is Foster shooting at Instagram or Steve Foster shooting at gmail.com um, both ways, you know, either through email or out on social media, no real preference, whatsoever easier for people to, to reach out. And I'll try to be pretty attentive and get back to you pretty, pretty darn quick. So excellent. Excellent. Well, you know, I'm, you know, uh, one of, of probably the, for me, uh, the funniest moments on this podcast came when we were talking about the fact that you had engraved my Wyland chassis. Uh, yep. and when you're like, Hey, did you get that little, little violin? And I'm like, yeah. And then, you know, it turned out to be, you know, dirt from Steve Foster's home range, which that vial is still in my van and goes with me everywhere I go. And, and, and I, you know, it's kind of like, you know, the Notre Dame guys, when they slap the, the sign, I do the same thing. I, I touch the dirt before every match. <laughs> you so. know, I have seen an increase in your shooting performance. since You got that vial of dirt. Hey, you know, whatever what it takes. Yeah. Well, oh, that's it, absolutely it. It has nothing to do with three times a week at the range, working on every nope. stage. Uh, it's, yeah, overrated. It's, it's, all, it's all about the dirt. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. It, yeah, and that was also cool to see this, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Um, Paul Larson, the guy that uh, <laughs> filled up the vial of dirt. Right. Yeah. He took home some hardware with his daughter. So that was really cool. To yeah, see, absolutely. Man. Absolutely. Thanks to Paul and to you. I mean, that's to me, that's what the community is about. You know, I, I enjoy people, but if those that don't know me, uh, I like to laugh. I like to have fun. Uh, I'm serious when it needs to be serious. But uh, in fact, if you get a chance uh, on the Facebook page and I post it to the steel target paint, uh, page uh, is uh, Jimmy Soldo's recap of Area Six, and uh, if you've never met me, 
watch that video. Uh, he did an interview and watch it to the end and you will get my personality. Uh, and I will just, <laughs> you will just leave it at that. So well, Steve, let's end this with uh, a little talk about uh, some of the major matches that are coming up here in the next couple of months. Um, right yeah, there's off the two, bat. two, two more, ahead. right? For the, yeah. There's two more for the year, right? Two more for the year. Uh, the first one is the uh, Panhandle All 8 Steel Challenge Championships, which is going to be up in Holt, Florida. Uh, uh, here, uh, I believe the third weekend in November, uh, unfortunately that is my match weekend, uh, at the WAC. So I will not be able to attend that match. And then, uh, first weekend in December, we have the, uh, Florida state steel challenge championships. Um, lots of openings there. Uh, that's going to be over, uh, at the Volusia County gun and hunt club. Uh, and, uh, for those that have never shot there, that range is really, uh, stepped up the game when it comes to steel challenge. Uh, they've got dedicated bays. Um, they've got covered, uh, permanent covered shoot houses, uh, on all the bays and, uh, they're constantly improving it to make it the best experience for every shooter possible. Um, but let's talk a little bit, too, about what's coming up in, in 2022. I'm hoping that, uh, you know, all these matches that had to stop due to uh, everything we've been going through with regard to COVID and, you know, primer crisis and ammo crisis and, and, and whatever other crises we've had. Um, I'm hoping to see all those matches that, uh, you know, uh, used to be running and you'd, you'd see people posting their scores. I'm hoping they all get to start back up, but we've got some majors coming up in, in, uh, in 2022 that I'm aware of. Um, and three of them, uh, pretty much back to back, which I think is pretty cool for getting warmed up. Um, first one that I know of is, uh, the match up in Georgia and, uh, that's run by our, our good friend, Jamie, uh, and what, do you remember the actual name of that match? It's, uh, it, it was Southeastern. The, is oh, it Georgia Southeastern? Something yeah, I like think that. It was the, I think it was called the South Georgia steel challenge championship. And, uh, Jamie and his crew did an amazing job. I mean, they pulled together a match in a very, very short period of time. And, uh, Jamie had a lot of help from a lot of folks and, uh, Man, they did an exceptional job. So look forward to kicking off the season with that match. That's yep. the first weekend in April. Actually, I, I just pulled it up on practice score. Uh, and it is the South Georgia Steel Challenge Championships. It is actually going to be the last weekend in, in April. So it's, uh, no, 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 excuse no. me, March. Last weekend March, in March. Yeah. Last weekend in March. Uh, March 25th through the 27th. Okay. Uh, they shoot um all eight stages and uh you know i always used to say that one of the big advantages that, that the wyoming club have is that we're right in the middle of town and you know within five minutes of the range you've got you know any kind of food you've got lodging or 20 minutes from an airport all that kind of stuff um this range is an outdoor range and has all those amenities as well um, I think I, I think I stayed in a, uh, a holiday Inn express that was no more than 10 minutes away. 
when I went to the match uh, last year. And in fact, it was it was crazy. I, I had some tire trouble and uh, wouldn't you know, right next to the hotel, which again, 10 minutes away from the range is a Walmart tire center. So <laughs> uh, I was able to get that fixed pretty easy. And so, yeah, it's a great match. Uh, and, and I hope, uh, it's just as successful, uh, in 2022, if not bigger, uh, than it was in 2021. Now, following that up the third weekend in, uh, April, which would be, and I'm getting the exact date here. This would be the weekend of April 16th is going to be the West Florida steel challenge championships. We have moved the match to April. Uh, we've listened to the people again, getting those, listen to those comments and we're getting it out of the July timeframe and moving it to April. Uh, so hopefully people will be able a uh, little more amenable for the weather, uh, in April to come down and shoot in Florida, but I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, breaking more records for that match. Um, and then finally the last weekend in April, first weekend in May is the world speed shooting championships. And again, that's going to be at the CMP and in uh, beautiful Talladega, Alabama. And uh, so you've got three, two matches for good warm up, and then the world championships right there within about a month of each other. Jeff, do you want to, I don't have it because I'm not in front of my computer. What's the, uh, the mad race sign up for world speed shoot. Is it December 1st? I believe that is the case, but I am going to WSSC. Uh, let's not find that. World Speed Shooting Championships presented by PSA. Uh, the match opens December 4th at 8 p.m. So that is the first Saturday in December at 8 p.m. Okay. All right. Get your Prozac now. Get ready. Absolutely. To sign up. That is uh, <laughs> that. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Crazy get, sign get, up for that match. Get your, get your, your uh, mouse clicking finger ready to uh, move between the fields <laughs> and uh, uh, be ready to type in your uh, credit card number for everyone. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's funny. I just got a text from Zach Jones uh, yesterday. Uh, it turns out based on my performance, um, I actually qualified to be on the super squad for Rimfire Pistol Open. And, Sweet. and I actually turned it down um, uh, because I want to focus on my shooting and knowing me, I'd be watching guys like, uh, you know, Casey Eusebio and, and all the other top shooters thinking I was competing against them and I'm not. <laughs> so, uh, sure. uh, plus I don't know if I'll be up there that day. Uh, uh, you know, I've got, you know, the new job, I've got to figure out what days I can get off and, uh, you know, I may be end up shooting <clears throat> Thursday, Friday, and then not there for the weekend. Although, you know, like everyone else, I would like to be there, uh, Sunday night for awards. Uh, right. Uh, they, uh, they do the awards up really well. Um, I'm expecting the same, uh, type of, uh, support the, the organization has always provided to this match. 
Um, I will add um, for those that are interested, which I hope is a lot of people um, at the last two nationals, uh, which was the carry optics slash PCC nationals. And then they had the limited, uh, they called it race gun, which was limited slash open. Um, they had the general membership meeting. And yep. it is my understanding that they are going to hold one at the world speed shooting championships. And Interesting. if anyone has ever had a comment concern question or what's going on type of thing um here's your chance to get in front of the board and the president um and it may be the president that we have now uh who was appointed or it by that time it may be the president-elect um and voice your opinion uh, whether that's in support or a question of uh, what's going on, uh, this is your opportunity. Uh, this uh, The board is our board, and it's your opportunity to actually get a face-to-face -face with them. So I would recommend that, uh, you know, the Steel Challenge Shooter show your uh, involvement and, uh, and show up at that meeting, because I think it's, uh, it's an opportunity that we've never been provided. Uh, and, and, you know, let them see, um, I believe that, uh, the board and, uh, the organization, um, does support the steel challenge. Um, I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. I think that most things are running very smoothly. I've got a couple of opinions myself and, and, um, I'll be at that meeting and may raise them at that meeting. So we'll, uh, but this is the opportunity you have as a member. Awesome. So, all right, Jeff. Well, it was great talking with you today. Same here, Steve. Uh, have a great day at work. Uh, and uh, are you doing any shooting this weekend? Um, doing a little training Saturday afternoon, and then I've got somebody coming out of town on Sunday. So, look forward to that. Fantastic. All right, everybody. Hey, Steve. You know how we end every podcast. Give them that code at rangestore.net. ST Podcast Ten. Thanks, everybody. Uh, all right. Bye bye.